0: Amen indeed. Let's pray together. Father God, we do come broken. We come unworthy. We come not even understanding the true depth of our sin. Not understanding all that we've done, what we've lost. But we come open. We come ready. We come desiring to connect with you, drawn by you. God, we thank you for your spirit that you pursue us, that you draw us to yourself, that you invite us back into the relationship we were created for. And God, we, we want to live in that. We want to know that. And even more, we want to share that. We want it to flow out of us, God. We want your love to be so deeply a part of us that others can't help but experience it when they're with us. So Father God, as we turn to your word this morning, we pray that you would speak. He would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you that we would be drawn deeper in our relationship with you. Help us to understand you a little more deeply, love you a little more closely, follow you a little more better in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to dig right in. We're going to look at verses 32 to 37. We're going to look at lots, but we're not going to read the whole chapters. Long story, that's okay. But we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath this morning. Right back to Sunday school, it's going to be great. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to St. David, go, and the Lord be with you. Are you ready to step up when God calls? Are you prepared to serve? Do you see the world with eyes of faith and watch to see how God is working? Or do we think God will suddenly strike us with ability and awareness like some kind of superhero? Are we ready? Do we believe? We're coming to the end of our journey through this these stories of How God was present in the lives of the people in the Old Testament. Our theme for this whole year is going to be yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to be exploring how God is continuing to work and reveal himself as he has always been in lots of different ways this year. We've got some really exciting things that we're going to be walking through together, or at least I think so. But we started with the stories of these people who walked with God. And saw saw how he was trying to help them understand who he was, who they were, what they were created to be and to do, and how he meant for us to live with him and with one another. Stories of Adam and Noah, Abraham and Jacob and Joseph, Moses And Joshua, these people who spoke with God, who wrestled with God, who followed God in huge and sometimes terrifying ways and how they experienced his love and his care and his faithfulness as they watched him. How they each had their own unique journey with God and yet God remains the same always. His love, his purpose, his heart is the same. And it's been a fascinating journey seeing the nature of God revealed in the lives of these people. Seeing how God is continuing to reveal himself here, now, today. That we are still invited to join him in creation, in bearing his image in the world. That his holiness and his justice are still real and still working. That his promises are still good and true and that he will be faithful to them. That God is everywhere. And his heart is for everyone. These things are still true, and they will always be. And just like the people living so many thousands of years ago, God is inviting us to experience these things with Him too. And now today we come to the story of David. A man after God's own heart. An incredible example of The passion and depth of relationship that we can experience with God. But at the same time, a a terrifying example of how even when we are dedicated in our love for God and our desire to follow Him, we can still fall into horrible sin and have devastating consequences. David's story is a complicated one. And just like, Joseph, just like Moses, it, it takes up a huge part of the Bible. With tons of different stories that we could look at here this morning. Ways that God was at work in him and through him. Ways that David experienced relationship with God. He's anointing to be king. His time in Saul's palace and his relationship with Jonathan. His patience in waiting for the throne to not raise a hand against the Lord's anointed, even as Saul was trying to kill him. The story of Bathsheba and Uriah and his horrible sin. Prophet Nathan bringing God's word against him and him repenting. Running for his life from his son Absalom There's so many stories from this man's life, good, bad, and ugly, of God's grace and forgiveness and his plan continually moving forward, moving towards Jesus. But this morning we're going to look at the beginning of David's journey, or near it anyways, at the story of David and Goliath, this again classic Sunday school story. Whether you've grown up in the church or not, most everyone has at least heard of David and Goliath, the little shepherd boy, slaying the giant. I remember learning about this story in the basement in Hilda Baptist Church growing up, in our little classrooms. The teachers had drawn a life sized picture of Goliath and taped it to the wall, and he was so tall that his head curled around onto the ceiling <laughs> try to give us an idea how big Goliath really was. He was huge, especially as a child. It's an amazing story, and the Bible gives us such incredible detail about Goliath specifically, but about this whole event in chapter 17. It tells us that his height was six cubits in a span. Here-ish? I don't know. He wore a coat of armor, weighing 5,000 shekels. Sounds like a lot, I don't know. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. And if you don't know, if you can not remember how big that is, I'm sure you have one at home. And You just go and measure your weaver's rod when you get home, and that's, it's about the same size. His, the point of his spear weighed 900 shekels. That's a lot of shekels. But it's crazy, he was almost 10 feet tall. His armor was 125 pounds. The tip of his spear alone was 15 pounds. Imagine throwing a 15 pound weight. I can't even lift one. Andre the Giant, the famous wrestler from years ago and actor, he was just over 7 feet tall. Shaquille O'Neal, just over 7 feet tall. Goliath was almost three feet taller than them, and bigger besides. It's difficult to imagine just how huge Goliath truly was. He would have been terrifying. But David is a shepherd. The youngest son of Jesse, tending the sheep while his oldest brothers were off with King Saul fighting the Philistines. Or facing them at least, as we see in the story. Saul was the very first king of Israel, given to them when the people demanded to be more like the nations around them. Rather than being led by the judges and prophets that God had called and anointed as they had been. They wanted a king. They wanted to be like everybody else. Samuel warned them. God tried to warn them. But he gave them... What they wanted, a king. Tall and handsome. Strong. And God was with him. The Spirit came upon him on a number of occasions. God used him. But Saul was selfish. And vain. And insecure. And he sinned against God. And God removed his anointing from his life, removed his call from him and from his whole family. And David was anointed to be the new king of Israel, even while Saul still reigned and was alive. And I've wondered sometimes, if Saul hadn't sinned, if he had been faithful to God, would his family have led to Jesus? Would God have used him to build his kingdom and tell his story? Instead, just how much did Saul lose in his pride? Regardless, it wasn't meant to be, and David became the Lord's anointed to lead his people and prepare the way for the Messiah. But not right away. Even after he was anointed, it was years before David would take the throne. He would not move against Saul as long as he was alive. God had anointed Saul as king first. And we have just this incredible story, this incredible submissive spirit of David will not move against that. Even when Saul was hunting him for his very life, even when other people were calling for David to take the throne, he would not do it. An amazing story, and it really reveals david 's heart and the difference between him and Saul. But before we see these things unfold, David has gone to visit his brothers on the battlefront. The Philistines have come to attack Israel and take their land, and Saul has gone out to meet them with his army. The Philistines gather on one hill, and the Israelites gather on the other hill, and there 's a valley. In between them, and they're yelling and taunting at one another, and they're drawing up their battle lines, setting up their camps, waiting for someone to make the first move, and then out of the Philistine camp steps this giant, Goliath, ten feet tall, massive weapons and armor. He begins to insult the Israelites. And he insults their God. He calls them out to send a champion to fight him. Let's settle this battle one on one, cursing them and their God. And Saul and his whole army hid in fear for 40 days straight. Can you imagine that? Being in that camp for over a month. Day after day, this giant comes out every morning, taunting and insulting you. You're terrified. You're embarrassed. You're angry. You just want to go home. What's going to happen? Who's going to do something? Day after day after day, and the king... Is hiding. No one steps up. I mean, there were brave men in Israel, great warriors. We have stories of incredible heroes of the Israelites in Scripture. In 2 Samuel, we have the stories of Ishmael and Eleazar and Shema, the mighty warriors who did amazing things. Were there no men like this in Saul's? Army, no one to stand for God. And you wonder how long this is going to go on. There you sit every day doing nothing. Hiding. It's humiliating. It's infuriating. But do you want to go face this giant? And if you lose... Not only are you dead, but now your whole family and country are slaves to these invaders. David is maybe 15 to 17 years old in this story. Not old enough to be in the army yet. David comes to the camp to take his brother some food and bring a report back to his father. And he gets to the camp just as the battle lines are being drawn up. And Goliath comes out. And he watches this happen. He sees the size of this man, his weapons and his armor, and somehow, for some reason, it just doesn't faze him. God is on our side. What is there to be afraid of? And he asks why no one is going out to do something about this. Why is no one stepping up? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? he says. And his brothers in their frustration and embarrassment lash out at him. Why have you come down here? And for that matter, with whom have you left the sheep? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. But David keeps pressing the men. Why are you letting this happen? Who is going to do something about this? And he's causing such a stir in the camp that Saul sends for him. And David is brought to him. David again shows the difference between Saul and himself. Saul has been hiding. And David, his faith is unwavering. God is with us. What is there to be afraid of? And David says to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine." Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. And also, he's gigantic and terrifying. And we've never seen anything like him before, but never mind. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. And struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And David turns away Saul's armor. And he takes his staff and he goes and chooses five smooth stones from the stream for his sling. And look at what it says here. All the time, Goliath is coming closer. Bearing down on him. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. How ominous and terrifying would that be, this mountain of a man thundering towards you. Verse 43. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver me, deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone stank deep into his forehead. He fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with sling and stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran over and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from its sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. God delivered the Philistines into the hand of of the Israelites. He protected his people and David was victorious. It's an awesome story. But there's one aspect that stands out to me, something that's easy to overlook. When we think it's just a great story of a miracle, the Spirit guiding the stone right into Goliath's forehead, God's hand guiding David, it's that this story doesn't say any of that. It doesn't even say God told David to do this. Nowhere. David was ready. God didn't speak here. There was no light from heaven. There was no dream or vision. David knew God. He walked with God. He loved God. And he was ready. God didn't miraculously give him some ability or gift out of nowhere. He was hardworking and long-serving as a shepherd, countless hours in the wilderness by himself, practicing and playing, staff and sling, hours and hours of shooting and working and training to protect the sheep and to protect himself. From actual lions and bears. Not that he scared off at a distance. That he physically took hold of and killed. I don't know where you work, but I doubt you've had to do that. I mean, that's only happened to me twice here. And then as a preacher, I'm supposed to connect this with our stories by saying something ridiculous like, so what are the lions and bears in your life? But these are real lions and bears and facing Gary the annoying manager or Susan the mean neighbor is not quite the same thing. But that's not the point of the story. David's life was different. He lived in a different time. What stands out is how David was ready Because he loved God and trusted God. He believed and trusted. And when opportunity arose, he was ready. David was a man after God's own heart, not for doing great things, but because he just loved God. He believed. I mean, the fact is, I talked about David working hard and training in the wilderness, and that is true, and it's relevant here. He was ready. It's important, but in reality, he was surrounded by trained soldiers who grew up in the same world that he did, and worked and trained just like he did, even more. They were older and more experienced. And there they all stood, watching him walk out because he believed he believed god is real he believed that god matters he believed that god is true and that god is with him do we really believe that that god is real that god matters that The gospel and his word and his kingdom is all real and true. That he has a plan and we're a part of it. I mean, we're here. But David was surrounded by men of Israel too. Who grew up with the same stories of God, the same training, the same teaching... But it's almost like it didn't even occur to them that God was doing something, that he would do something. God wasn't really with them in their minds. It's easy to imagine ourselves as David, bravely standing up for God, laying ourselves on the line to serve others. But would we? Do we? Do we believe that God is moving? Do we believe that God matters? Or are we there with the other soldiers waiting for someone else to do something? Not actually believing that God actually moves, actually works, and not really sure what that would look like anyway. Because it is true. God is real and he is here exactly the same as he was with David yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is always working and is always inviting us to join him. We are surrounded by people that need the hope and love of Jesus, need someone to love them, someone to tell them they are loved, someone to stand up and say something, do something, to believe that God is moving and to try to follow him. To tell them that they're forgiven. That there's hope and life and freedom. That God is real and he is here and he is life. Are you watching and looking for what God is doing? Are you ready to join him? Are you ready to serve? God never told David to confront Goliath. And David didn't go to visit his brothers thinking Any of this was going to happen, but when he arrived, he saw what needed to be done, and he believed, and he did it. I want to believe like that. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for these stories. We thank you for the ways that you have worked and moved in people's lives in such incredible ways. We thank you that you are here, that your spirit is alive, and that you are inviting us to follow you. God, it's not about slaying giants. David was faithful with his sheep, working hard, protecting them. He was faithful in those small things, and when a big thing came, he was ready. God, we don't know what big things are coming, but help us to be faithful in those small things. Help us to be always attentive to what you are doing, how you are working, how you are moving, and how we can be a part of that even in small ways. Sharing your love, sharing a word, speaking truth when it's necessary. We want to be used by you, God. We don't want to be like the other soldiers. We want to be ready. Help us to be ready. Thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.